0: Welcome back to Restless. It's a cold winter's day here in sunny New England. And you've joined myself, Father Joseph, along with Lauren and Diane as we restlessly seek the face of Christ. And do you ever get depressed by New England winters? No. Do you love this, this weather? Cold, clammy?
1: No, I don't love it, but I don't get depressed by it.
0: Oh, that's good.
2: I think I used to when I was a kid, but I'm enjoying now... More, I think, the four seasons, the difference in temperatures. Really? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I I
2: don't think it gets too terribly cold here compared to, you know, Wisconsin or Canada. That is true. Definitely not. Christmas
1: Eve it. and Christmas Day this year were pretty lovely. Right? They, they really Mid-40s. were. Mid-40s. Yeah. We get that often throughout the winter.
0: I can't remember the last time I've had a snowy Christmas. Do you? No. I remember it's been several years.
1: Yeah, I used to it's- wish for it all the time as a kid.
2: It happened like twice, maybe. I don't know. <laughs>
0: well, it's global a couple times for you.
2: <laughs> and my running rule is like 32 degrees and up. I wear shorts. So the amount of Whoa. times, yeah, the amount of times You're that hardcore. I actually wore pants last year, I mean, not it was very often. Probably a handful. Yeah. Yeah, last
0: year was exceptionally warm. Mm-hmm. This year, I think it's supposed to be exceptionally warm too. Really.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've only really worn pants a couple of times. Wow. So far.
0: So far, so good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank goodness. One
1: of the great parts about living here is the four seasons.
2: Yes. That
0: is true. You get all four.
2: And pretty flowers, beautiful trees. Like, you don't get that in Florida.
0: I'm really so happy to hear that you love it because I'll tell you, a lot of young adults really don't like Connecticut. Really? Yeah. Well, for one reason, the taxes are sky high. Yes. Taxes it's very expensive cost of living. For some, they say that it's not a good dating scene, or it's, you know, you can't raise a family here, it's too liberal, or this or that. Most people aren't from here, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> but what is the stereotype? Because you, you were talking before this episode started about the stereotype of how people view Connecticut.
1: Well, Diane and I are from Greenwich. Mm-hmm.
0: So... <laughs> Just old money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Oftentimes, Diane, tell me if this happens to you, if I say where I'm from and it's a friend or a contemporary, there's some jab right away. Oh, Greenwich. Oh, right? Yep. For absolutely. the wealth. And
0: that's true.
1: Greenwich is a very wealthy
0: town. Oh, my gosh. Yes. How many? What Name some famous people that live in Greenwich.
1: Um, Diana Ross her son was on my basketball team in what? fifth grade that's yeah. crazy so dude. she actually was in the stands I didn't know who she was but my parents definitely were like oh man and she cheered for me because I was the only girl
0: <laughs> way to go
2: yeah I think Teixeira from the well, he was previously on the Yankee like, oh Mark Teixeira yeah Yeah. he had a house there
0: Tom Brady did he Did he have a house Tom Brady did at one point yeah, I don't know, know if he still does might was a now, rumor who cares bye bye
1: not a Tom Brady fan
0: not me neither <laughs> <laughs> Moving on.
1: Uh, Paul Newman. I feel
0: like that's one yeah, I heard. Yeah, Paul Newman, Regis Philbin,
1: or at least his favorite restaurant was Val Bella, yep. which is really close to where Diane and I grew up.
0: That is a good place, Val Happy Bella.
1: League. I've never yep. eaten there. I would like to, though. Man, I've been driving
2: past that you restaurant need to go to since I was five it's, years I mean, old. I
1: literally lived walking distance from that. You
0: have to take out a loan.
2: Yeah, just be prepared to open your wallet.
0: <laughs> but it's a good place. Very
2: someone have me yeah, there. I, <laughs> ask, ask for a date to bring you.
0: Yeah, What's what about Diana Ross's son? Is he still
1: available? Oh, he's married. Oh, is he? Yeah, he married um, maybe, uh, what's her name? Ashley Simpson or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow.
2: I'm pretty sure that he played on one of my brother's... Baseball or basketball teams.
1: That's, that makes sense. Since we're like, the same age. Yep.
2: Wow, that's a, <laughs> that is crazy. No, yeah,
0: there's yeah, there's yeah. a few that pop up. But I mean, I've been I've been assigned to you know three parishes now this neck of the woods, and I've never met anyone famous in <laughs> seven years living in Stanford.
1: Oh, Brian has a great story too about Alan Houston, Knicks player. Oh, okay. Saw him at the Griff, I believe, um, playing golf, and they just exchanged pleasantries. <laughs> Like while practicing putting and then um, Alan left and like called out to Brian like, see you later, Brian. Nice chatting with you, Alan. You know what I mean? And like Brian just loves that. This is my brother that he had this little exchange with famous basketball player who he admired and looked up to.
0: That's awesome.
1: Yeah. And actually, I uh, was a camp counselor for his daughter too. ESF Greenwich Academy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Education, sports and fun. It was a camp. Brian and I did it one year. We hated it. We hated that camp. Um, so you
0: went back to be counselor.
1: Then <laughs> I was a counselor though. Hated yeah, it. And so I was hope. Brian. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't know. There, there's certainly though. Yes, a lot of wealth, a lot of wealthy people, a lot of beautiful homes. I always played sports, so in high school, that's kind of where that became apparent. When you go to someone's house for a team dinner, it's like, oh my gosh, right? Mm, it's mm. Huge. And then I worked in architecture for five years in Greenwich. So we would call them Mick Mansions. Mm. I'll say like six to ten thousand square feet. Like a mansion would be larger than that. Uh, yeah. But just these beautiful homes that I helped design, and you know they're built or they were renovated. So there's a lot of beauty in backcountry Greenwich
0: for sure. Definitely is. But that that makes it some people, especially young adults, feel like wow, I don't fit in here, or I need to go to a place that's a little more my vibe. You know, unless you're a multimillionaire. Greenwich makes not. Stampeded fits though for young adults. Stanford's pretty good, and of course New York City. A lot of young adults move down there, although that's very expensive yeah. too.
2: Yeah, there's certainly a high cost of living. Whether you're in Greenwich, I mean, you can get a shack for probably eight hundred thousand dollars. It's just it's the land value, right? Yeah, so, and then you got to build on top of that. Location, but,
0: location, location, right? Yeah,
2: I, I mean, they say salaries are higher in. This area, as you know, as compared to Arizona or Florida, things like that. So, I mean, there might be a little bit in terms of the offset of the cost of living, but yeah, it's very expensive, and I think that's why, quite honestly, a lot of women work, and um, it's two-income household because in order to live here, you kind of have to, unless you have a really good job.
0: Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, I live now in Monroe, Connecticut, which is a little bit less that way. Yeah. So thankfully, not not all Connecticut is (laughs) is Greenwich. Thank goodness.
2: Yeah. I mean, but then you're dealing with... No, yeah. I mean, it's true. But there's less jobs up there. So if you're living up there, it's it's a little bit less expensive um, or a lot less expensive sometimes, but you're, you know, you're battling the traffic to come down. So it's an offset of, okay, how am I going to spend my time? Am I going to see my kids? Things like that.
0: Yeah, that's very true. So do you personally like living in Connecticut or would you move elsewhere if you... If you could.
2: I mean, I enjoy living in Connecticut. I've come to appreciate, like Lauren was talking about, the seasons, like the the change. Because I think we have the best of everything in terms of the weather. Um, My whole family is here in Connecticut in Fairfield County. So, I mean, I adore my nieces and nephew. I see them all the time. And now that I have them, that role of being the aunt is so important to me. Um And... So I think it would be very difficult to give that up. But that being said, if God called me somewhere, you know, for marriage or whatever, I'm not, you know, attached with my, you know, hands clinging to to the state, but yeah. it would have to be the right circumstances. Like, I'm not going to go and just, oh, I'm I think I'm just going to, you know, I'm kind of tired of the scene here. I'm going to move to Boston or try out Texas. That's that's not my personality, just up and leave,
0: which a lot of young adults do. Yes. You know, they're just kind of up and leave, you know, partly because I think jobs are fle- more flexible when you're a young adult, but partly it is that, like, I want a different vibe. Yeah. Check out a new city.
2: For me, it's very important to be close to my family, especially just like I said now, like with my nieces and stuff and just wanting to see them more.
0: Yeah. I think that's a lost gift. You know, my I, I'm originally from Maryland and I do miss not watching my, you know, three nephews grow up
2: yeah they're almost like line? an extension, my children, so to speak, you know, because I don't have children, and so um just the the gift of being able to see them, you really become an important person in their life and, and you know, right. being the godmother of a couple of them, that's very important to me to be able to see the growth and spend time with them and expose them to the faith
0: Mhm you're saying, Connecticut Lauren?
2: uh, yeah, I definitely like this state a lot. Uh, I
1: also love that we have the coast, yeah, yeah the water's beautiful. Can be nice. Most other states don't have that, do they? No. Yeah,
0: Ohio doesn't. <laughs> nope. <laughs>
1: Ohio, Ohio gets a lot of hate too. I I do like Ohio. I went to Ohio <laughs> State, but I I would not live there. Clearly, I left when I graduated. And yeah. Was, I was not. <laughs> I also staying. went to
0: Ohio, but barely. <laughs> Steubenville is right on the border. That's right. We're more West Virginia that than is Ohio. Right.
1: Um. Yeah. So I I've I mean been blessed that like, we grew up four miles from the water. Uh, Greenwich Point. That's where I learned how to ride my bike. I mean, just because it's a big parking lot. That's why my parents took us there um, because it's practical. But it's also such a beautiful park and the water. And uh, I just find it's very peaceful, as many people do. I take my family's dog, Shaggy, uh, to Coscub Park often. That's my favorite park around here. Mm -hmm. It's also uh, right on the coast. It's just so easy and convenient. Um, I know people have lakes, lake life. I don't think it's the same.
0: Yeah. No, there's something very special about that. You know, one of, the, one of the downsides I hear to live in Connecticut is that the Catholic faith is not very strong here, you know, in the sense that, you know, one time this was a very, a hub of immigrants from I- Italy and Ireland. And, and at that point we had, you know, a burgeoning Catholic population. And since the immigration from that uh, realm, you know, now you know, most immigration is through Mexico and through the, through South America. So, you know, it seems that the faith is kind of like I don't want to say dying out because we we've certainly found lots of pockets that are it's very vibrant. But I mean, do you get that sense when you go to a, just a regular Catholic parish that it's not it's not like as on fire as you know you may have heard in the South or?
1: Well, I only know here really. I mean, I, when I was in school, I was at the Newman Center, and that was full of young people, obviously. Um, but I understand why there's decline. I think. You know, we have the stats that back this up, right? Couples that have divorced, which is many people that are now our age, right? Millennials. If they grew up with divorced parents and dad wasn't going to mass with the family, then those kids very likely are no longer going. Right. So we know that. And I encounter many Catholics, right? Most people that I meet, whether it's in my sports leagues or whatever, right? It comes out all the time. Oh, yeah, I'm Catholic. Um, But they're not practicing, right? That's so common, because it was not important to them, they weren't formed properly, the confirmation was a graduation, whatever. So that is the reality, Um, but I'm very happy with the Catholic community here. I I was, um, I think, very clearly brought to St. Cecilia's parish, and now I serve the parish in multiple ways, and I formed great relationships with a bunch of people there. You know, not like all my age, but we now serve young adults at the parish very intentionally and have seen a lot of success with that. So, you know, I'm happy and um, I like serving. It's just clearly what God is asking me to do right now. And um, I'm happy
0: to do that, so. Nice. Yeah. I think statistically too, one of the, Connecticut is one of the oldest states in terms of like median age of people. I think, you know, you have very, a lot less like, lot less young adults, a lot less youth, and it's a lot more kind of like older folks.
1: Well, I, sure, that could be. But if you're in Stanford or in the surrounding area, you're around a ton of young adults.
0: Yeah, that's true. And um, I think <laughs> we, we
1: don't have enough housing for the population. So there's all these new buildings going up, which concerns me slightly about, you know, more traffic and things. But um, Stanford really has become a great city, especially from when my parents first moved here. It's totally transformed. And they serve the community a lot. You know, there's festivals, there's concerts, um, well, that's just good. a lot of things to bring people together, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's true. And, and we are very blessed with a lot of great, like, local shrines and local religious pilgrimage places. Where are some of the ones you've visited here in Connecticut, New York, kind of the tri-state area?
2: I've been up to Lords in Litchfield a couple of times. So they do. They have an outdoor station of La Crosse. Have you ever been there? I have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very nice. A little grotto. Sure. So it's pretty. It's a, it's a beautiful drive, too, if you're coming from southern Connecticut.
0: And, of course, the National Shrine of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Yes. Only a couple yes. hours from here.
1: Yeah, I've been
2: there.
0: That's a beautiful one. I recommend. Have you been down to the Cloisters in New York City? No. Okay, if you've never been, did you know what it is? I've heard of it. So John Rockefeller decided to, to uh, basically take apart four convents and monasteries over in Europe and reassemble them in New York. Wow. So it's a, it's a museum, part of, cool. the, part of the Metropolitan Museum of Art, but it's only medieval Christian art. Wow. Huh? So absolutely beautiful. Stained glass windows and, and sculptures and crucifixes, all sorts of stuff. Definitely well worth your time. And right down the street from that is St. Francis Xavier Cabrini,
2: first nice. American
0: citizen saint. Right around the corner of New York.
2: Make a little field trip.
0: Yeah. but not the only saint in the tri-state area. Who else we got? We have a blessed here in Connecticut. blessed Michael McGivney. Blessed Michael McGivney, <laughs> founder of the Knights of Columbus in New Haven, Connecticut.
2: Mm-hmm. Who would the other one be?
0: Well, go if you go further up uh, near Albany, mm-hmm. we have North, North American, American Martyrs. Martyrs. Oh, right, shrine. yes,
2: the shrine there. Yeah,
0: saint mm-hmm. Saint uh, Isaac Jogues, Rene Goupil.
2: Yep, that's about a two and a half hour drive from where we are. Yeah. I think there's also a lot of just being so close. So, one of the benefits, I think, of Connecticut, especially if you live in the southern Connecticut, Fairfield County area, is that you have the beauty of the suburbs. I know we're talking about Stanford right now, but like there's the beauty of Greenwich, Darien, you know, like the less city ish locations, so to speak. And you're away from the hustle and bustle of New York, but close enough such that you can get in there and commute, you know, for a job. But the other. Awesome thing is that you can get into New York City so easily, and there's tons of beautiful churches to visit. I mean, have you been to St. Vincent Fair?
0: No, I the keep Upper to, East everyone side? keeps telling me I gotta go to see that. It's
2: gorgeous. It. I walked in there and I was like, I feel like I'm in Europe. It was just, I mean, and there's there's a lot of different churches that you know you could spend a day kind of just church touring.
0: Yeah, it's true. But you know, speak since you brought up New York City, let's talk about. And I know a lot of our listeners are listening from New York City, but you know, there's the stereotype of New Yorkers being very cold and 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 especially as Connecticut almost being like a bedroom community a lot in a lot of ways of New York. Do you find the people here are perhaps less friendly than other parts of the country that you may have visited?
2: I mean, our family vacationed in South Carolina pretty much every year. So I would say there's definitely a different maybe a different level of hospitality um, depending on where you're from. I think people here just tend to, it's so fast paced, and especially New York City, you know, like you're not going to, when you're walking through Grand Central at, um, you know, five o'clock, people are not going to stop and, have, you know, chat a conversation with you. Yeah. Um, I mean, you might get a a rare person that that would, but everyone is just, honestly, that'd be weird. I'd be be
0: like freaked out if someone did. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. I think it's more the, I think the culture is more just keep to yourself, especially in New York city. Like whenever I go in for a client, it's never, uh, yeah, I don't have people who are, for example, you sit on the train and the person next to you puts their headphones in immediately and, you know, yeah. opens up the book or the laptop. It's not expected that you would start a conversation with someone or that someone would start a conversation with you. Whereas I think that that could be different in other parts of the country. So people may see that as being cold.
0: Yeah. I don't see that as cold either. I'm <laughs> That's totally my vibe. I mean, I know as a priest, and you're supposed to be always open for evangelization, but, and I always wear my clerics when I fly, but I should really like when people don't want to talk to me on an airplane. Mm-hmm. Like, just do your own thing, man.
1: So, what do people ask you?
0: They don't. Maybe I put oh. off that vibe of, like, I don't want to talk. Oh, but okay. but I've only one time gotten, uh, gotten like, into a discussion with someone. Uh, it was actually in an airport. It was this, this... I was praying my bravery, and this like, 15-year-old kid comes up to me. He's like, hey, man, you're reading the Bible? And so, he started talking about the Bible and stuff. That's not true. There was one other time that this this guy who was a Muslim came up to me and tried to debate Okay. That was interesting. We didn't convince each other. Mm. But, but yeah, no, I appreciate that kind of coldness. I don't know.
1: I think hospitality has its place. You know, like I shop at Trader Joe's. I love it. People are very friendly there, I would say. Right. It, it kind of depends where you are. If you're in Grand Central Terminal, that's not the place.
2: Yeah. There's like a time and a place. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. And or- I like to say that all. New York and Connecticut people are mean and, you know, that's just not true. Everyone's personality is different. Some people are extroverts. Some people are introverts, you know. Like, yeah. I would
1: I think New Yorkers will always have your back, right? That That's known, but it's true. Like if there's some kind of injustice publicly or if someone's in danger, people will help you.
0: Except for that one famous case, hmm. you know, about that stabbing. There's some stabbing of probably I think in the 80s where like she's crying out for help and like 45 people heard her uh, and nobody did anything and nobody even called the police. But that was kind of a famous case. But
1: yeah, there's probably something psychological going on there, right? Yeah, like you're you're not hearing it but involved. you're not seeing it. Yeah, you're wondering if it's real or not. But like if someone grabbed you or something on the street yeah. or something like that, I think people step in. I would here. hope. Yeah, I would
0: hope. I found coming from Maryland, actually, I, I like the people of Connecticut much better. And this is my theory that, you know, being from Maryland, just outside of D.C., like pretty much, I think like 10 percent or more of the population uh, works for the government. And so everybody's very political, like they'll never tell you exactly what they think of you down in Maryland. Mm-hmm. From, from my experience, that they'll kind of just beat around the bush. They won't they won't be direct with you. They'll kind of like two face you, you know, here in Connecticut and in New York, like they'll tell you to their face if they don't like you. But, but you know, when they, when they do like you, they'll tell you and they're genuine.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I've always really liked and appreciated like the refreshing, just honesty.
2: I think I also really, um, I have a type A personality. I appreciate ambition and drive, not for the sake of money-making or anything, but you know, people who just like use their talents for the Lord to the fullest extent, um, aren't lazy, you know? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I think,
2: I think that you get a lot of that up here in Connecticut, um, Some people complain, too, that, you know, the state is liberal and all that stuff. But honestly, in terms of the faith community, I found pockets that I feel the faith is often when you're challenged more, the the faith has to become stronger. So I I do feel that there is, um, you know, in order to sort of combat more of that liberal ideology that you find in the schools and all this stuff, which actually is prevalent throughout the country now, um, you know, like you do have, I feel, a stronger faith based community for those who are you know
0: i found that too yeah i found that people i guess because we live in such a secularized environment i think there is that that strengthening Mm -hmm. that you mentioned Yeah,
2: so i don't think it's a detriment in terms of politics and the way that the state kind of you know
0: yeah so you know i especially when we talk about the young adult community it's so mobile Mm -hmm. you know so many people are moving here and there and and i know we lost our you know co-host javier all the way back in the beginning, and, and I can think of, you know, a dozen people in the young adult community that have just moved out. What are the pluses and minuses to that? You know, to have, to have a community that's so fluid. And is that a good thing? Or is it a bad thing? Or is it both?
1: I think it just is, you know. Um, people maybe can dwell on the people that have left, but there are always new people coming in. Um, but how quickly
0: it, do you form, like, a trusting relationship with someone?
1: I think it depends on the person, Mm. but I've certainly learned, uh, to take time to get to know people more than I had in the past Mm. because I could easily just pick out a few qualities, let's say, and then this is natural, right? As you're getting to know someone, you have a few indications of who they are, but then you will form the rest of the picture based on your own perception or your own stereotypes or... Um, relationships you've had in the past. But that's not who that person is. It takes time to get to know them. Mm -hmm. And the advice is three months. Get to know someone for three months, right?
0: Oh, is that the kind of the Yes. So one of
1: the things we did at St. Cecilia's, we've done it twice now, is a course on dating. And we use what's called the relationship attachment model. Um, So this is something that two PhDs, you know, doctors, marriage and family, therapists have developed and it applies to all relationships. So that's one thing I've realized, right? I could meet a nice girl, Like a friendly girl and just kind of put it all together. Oh, this is this kind of person. She's not that person. She hasn't revealed to me all those things. I shouldn't trust her, right? Mm. I I should take the time to get to know her, right? That's the first one. No, rely, trust, commit and touch. Those are the five elements of the series as, you know, as far as dating goes, but... Anyway, it takes time to get to know people. So, yeah, it depends. I There are people, obviously, like all of us, you just click right away, right? Yeah. Guy, girl, it doesn't matter. Relationship, just friendship, you just click. But still, you need time, you know, to get to know them and people's true selves to come out, right? Because we all have many sides, like... That's another thing from the the course. They talk about our faces, which is an acronym. Like there's there's more into it. But basically we all have many different phases, right? How you are with your parishioners, how you are with young adults, how you are at the kids at Cardinal Kong Academy, right? How you are when you're going on a hike or playing sports. Like these are all our different personas. So it takes time to get to know them all. Um, but anyway, it totally varies. Um, but there are always new people coming in, and that's always exciting. And now that I've been in this community for like years, I'm I think I'm certainly one of the leaders. You know, I help run events for young adults now. Mm. um, Or I've been doing that. But um, recognizing, oh, there's someone here that I've never seen before. Right? And like the joy of that, like going over and saying hello. Because they don't know anyone. And you could tell. They're like standing alone and they're looking around the room. Who's going to speak to me? I love that. Oh, hey. I think you have have,
0: have a gift for that. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Because I think most people. It's pretty easy. Most people, I find that. Even as a priest, I find that uh, challenging. You know to to strike up a new conversation, I think in part because you know you 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 don't know the person after one conversation and and for me at least you know when i when I meet a new parishioner sometimes i want to I want to see if they're actually going to stick around in order before I start investing in them that's good, you know because because there's a lot of times I meet somebody in passing and then they never come back again because they went to another parish and they moved or whenever they were just visiting and I didn't know that you know and so
1: yeah, that's happened to me with girlfriends too oh, let's get drinks, like that type. Let's get drinks, yeah, yeah. I mean, I reached a point where I just, oh, yeah, yeah, but I'm not going to put in the effort anymore. Yeah, so- Like, prove to me that you actually care. Like, I'm the type, maybe that sounds bad. I'm the type, I actually care right from the beginning. I will invest in you. Like, I want to bring you along in the faith or whatever, help you. Yeah. But mm,
0: many people are not that way. No, they're kind of noncommittal to say, you know,
1: very flaky, you know, looking for something or they're just in between relationships or something, you know, girls like that. And then they fall off the face of the earth. Right. So I've just learned, no, let me take my time here. And if they're serious, like it'll become apparent. And with some, it does.
0: So that's, that's been something that I've been challenged with, with the young adult community is that, you know, I want to invest, but I want to make sure that you're willing to invest too. Yeah. In relationships, in ministry together, you know, whatever.
1: Well yeah, let them take the initiative then, right? Because yeah. people throw things out all the time. Oh, we should have dinner. Right. Oh, you should come over. Oh yeah,
0: that's great. And then just wait for the invitation. Right. Or or yeah. Or even like with ministry, you know, people are like, oh let's, you know, let's do this together. Let's, you know.
1: Oh, I've heard like, Start a young priests, adult
0: Bible study or whatever, and you know and it never happens or it falls apart falls over apart. and
1: over. Yeah, I've heard priests who they say no, right? You say no first. Because then they'll be like, Hmm, wait a minute. I think this is really something good that we should do, and then maybe they'll approach you again, or you say no, and they're like, "Oh well, he said no."
0: They weren't really <laughs> invested then. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. I don't know. What do you? Th- I mean, what do you think about like the transitory nature of young adult life? Like you know, when somebody moves every two, three, four years to a new community, is that positive, negative for their own spiritual life or for the life of the community?
2: I mean, I think it makes it difficult to establish roots. You know, for an- from an organization perspective. I know that we're having troubles with that in terms of young Catholic professionals here, the chapter that we started in Fairfield County. It's just very transient. And that's one of the things that the bishop brought up in our recent meeting with him of trying to navigate a landscape where people are constantly coming in and leaving because it makes it hard to gather people who are willing to commit to leadership for a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, you know, if if you don't have people who can give the time and who are going to be here, you can't really build the foundation for a successful chapter in this case. So I I mean, I think it makes it difficult. There are positives, obviously, because there's new people constantly coming in. So you get new energy, new faces and all that stuff. New ideas. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think there are different. There's a slew of reasons for why people are coming and leaving. But, you know, sometimes it's it maybe a product of the culture of just you get bored with things and you need feel the need to switch it up. Yeah. Which I don't think is a good thing, but I'm definitely seeing in our generation and the next generation of sort of just, you know, with social media and technology, just getting um, short attention spans, right? So this is this is boring, so I'm going to move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other people who move to be closer. As you get older, you, a lot of people want to be closer to their family, so they move back or they get a new job opportunity and they kind of have to go. Yeah. And Stanford is very much, I mean... There's a lot of finance and accounting here and, yeah, people are coming in all the time. There's a
0: lot of really stopping things ground, things. I think, to you know, advance in the career and then move to a place where you can actually raise a family. Yeah. yeah.
2: So we can't make any broad-based assumptions about why people are doing this or that and sort of the underlying reasons. But right. it does make it challenging, I think, just because I'm very involved in the Young Adult Catholic, you know, ministry here. It, it certainly makes it challenging to build something um, because you want many hands and— yeah. Normally, the people who are leading the things are involved in in a lot of different things already.
0: Yeah, you know, I only have two thoughts about that. One is, uh, did you know that the Benedictines um, take a vow of stability, which means that, barring some extraordinary circumstance, they actually take a vow to never be transferred from their monastery. Wow. So they're there for the rest of their life, fifty years or more. You know? Okay. And uh, and that's it's really challenging because if you don't like the guys you're with, too bad, tough right. noogies. You know, mm-hmm. you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna get a chance to move. But it's also that blessing because you do put down deep roots and you have to learn to love. You have to choose to love it. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember um, when I was down in Baltimore, um, there was one young adult uh, fellow by the name of Matt who um, was from Pittsburgh and he moved to Baltimore and uh, like he was, he got involved. He was like an adult altar server at our parish and just really, like, did a whole lot. And, and, you know, I kind of asked him, I was like, wow, man, like you've really embraced like Baltimore life. Like you're starting to, you know, not roof at the Steelers anymore. (laughs) But he was, you know, doing all kinds of recreation stuff, like seven nights a week. And he's like, yeah, I just decided, like, I'm going to just embrace this. This is my home. Like, I want to stay here forever. This is, and I'm like, that's really cool to set down this kind of roots. And
2: yeah, that's...
0: I think spiritually, it challenges you to, as you say, you know, boredom can be such a an, uh, quick and easy thing to fix if you just change, mm-hmm. make a change. But, but you can really grow through that boredom of like, wow, all right, now I've made this commitment to this parish or to this young adult community or this, you know, this group of friends and. I got to stick with it.
2: Mm -hmm. And life involves suffering. It's not all roses, you know? So, I mean, I've definitely thought about that just in terms of, you know, the dating scene. You wonder, oh, would it be better to just go to a new state and try something out? But, I mean, my family's here, and so I want to make a commitment to, you know, set roots down unless God calls me, you know. But I'm not going to go out and move to Texas or to, you know, some conservative state to just in the hopes of... You know.
0: Meeting some guy.
2: Exactly. I mean, you just kind of have to deal with the circumstances that God gives you and know that He'll bring a greater good out of it one way or another. Yeah. It may not turn out the way that you are envisioning it, but um I think a- I think that there is something sort of meritorious in making commitments and sacrificing things for him and for the sake of like
0: And the old the old saying is very true like bloom where you're planted. Mm -hmm. Right. Wherever God has put you, that's where you're called to to really invest.
2: Yeah. And I mean, you have to make an effort to go out. There are tons of things that you can get involved in, especially in terms of volunteer stuff or just honestly growing in your faith, you know, like whatever talents kind of have to figure out what gifts God has given you and make sure that you're using them as opposed to, you know.
0: Yeah. No, in no way. That's an, it's no judgment on anyone that has moved a lot because there's so many different right. There's, I mean, and, yeah, just needed, like but mm-hmm. but still,
1: I think one key is you know, if you have a relationship with God, if God's will brings you somewhere, and then it's tough. That does not mean leave, right? I mean, we don't grow when things are easy. We grow when things are hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of times too, the devil will come in, right? Desolations, which has happened to you in your spiritual life. Right? As soon as you follow us, so. God's will, the devil will try to attack that. So it's going to be hard. Yeah. And how do you overcome it? How do you persevere it? Versus just, oh, man, Connecticut. It's so tough here. Maybe I'll go to some other bigger city or better city. or You know what I mean? Yeah. That's not the answer. The answer is try to get close to God.
0: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> See where
1: he's calling you or what is he asking you right, you know, right now in this difficult situation?
0: And, and that can also be the case with how... Some young adults jump from job to job too. Yeah. You know, they can't they can't handle this oh this boss you know, whatever. Like, okay, you yeah, know maybe you are called to a different path, or maybe you're called to actually just really invest in, and use this time for formation.
1: Exactly.
2: But that's uh, that's a good uh sort of point to bring up in terms of involving God in the discernment and the decision, as opposed to just Yeah, <laughs> you know, with a stab of a yeah. finger, I'm moving to Florida or wherever.
0: Yeah. No, it's definitely important. Those are big
1: decisions. Yeah. And what are you seeking too? That's the other key, right? Like, oh, if I move to this other city, I could make more money in this job. But I don't think God cares about how much money we make. Yeah, it depends. I right? mean He he wants us to serve him. And we do that in all different ways, right? We're all called to different things, but um I would say just be careful to not go for worldly temptations, right? Yeah. More wealth, more honor, more fame, like whatever. Right. Right.
0: I mean, if you want to advance in your career, but make sure that that's for God's glory and make for sure so that you can perhaps raise a family someday and provide for them well, you know. All for God's glory. Amen. Amen. So thanks for joining us in this episode of Restless. My challenge for you is to indeed make the place where you're living the best place that it can be bring the kingdom of god to whatever town you find yourself in even if it's new york city
1: whatever job you have
0: whatever job you have Whatever
1: young adult community you're in
0: absolutely <laughs> invest in it invest in it don't be someone who just kind of comes and floats and leaves you know be someone who's willing to invest even if you're there for just a short time because you have a gift to give and you have something that god wants to do in your life through that community you've found us on Rest- on veritas catholic network at 1350 am 103.9 fm You've also found us online, on YouTube, on other platforms.
1: (laughs) Facebook page, we don't update.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, go on our Facebook page and leave a comment. (laughs) But tune in next time to Restless.